Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24:15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. world and thank you for tuning in we're continuing with our series called walking and living in the end times our foundation scripture is mark chapter 13 verse 22 for false christs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive if possible even the elect and today we're going to talk about free choice but a little review here's our end time calendar we talked about a falling away, which was an apostasy within the church. It's a great departure from the faith that's followed by a taking away of the Holy Spirit who is restraining, and that would entail the removal of the living church at that time. Third, the revealing of the man of sin, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, who will begin to be a one-world ruler. And fourth, the coming or day of the Lord in judgment. So, with the falling away, or the great apostasy, there's a great departure of many in the church departing from the faith, and we need to discuss whether we actually have free choice or not, because this is very, very important. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Well, why is this important? Because it affects how we answer the following question, which is, how can a good God send anyone to an eternal hell? Well, you see, if we do not have complete and absolute free will, then how can anyone depart from the faith by giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons? Without free choice, how can we give heed to anything? Well, how can a good God send anyone to an eternal hell? The answer is he doesn't, and that's what free choice has everything to do with. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. And I really like Joshua, chapter 24, verse 15, probably my favorite scripture in the Bible. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What we're talking about really is the root of the doctrine of Calvinism. It's based upon the doctrine that we do not have absolute free will. It says we have an unconditional election, 
a limited atonement and irresistible grace that cannot be rejected. This term, unconditional election, is salvation not based upon man's decision, but the free will of the Creator alone. In other words, God alone chooses who will be saved. His choice is not based upon any foreknowledge of response or obedience on man's part, such as faith or repentance. It says the ultimate cause of salvation is God's choice of the sinner, not the sinner's choice of Christ. Then, concerning limited atonement, it says that Christ died for the elect to be the only saved. He did not die for the non-elect who will be lost. His death was to pay the price for certain specified sinners only whose salvation is guaranteed. And then the last term was irresistible grace. This doctrine says that the free will of man is so far removed from salvation that the elect are made spiritually alive by God even before expressing faith in Christ. And it says that this call cannot be rejected. It says the Spirit causes the elect sinner to cooperate, to believe, to repent, come freely and willingly to Christ. It says this grace is invincible and never fails to result in salvation to those to whom it is extended. So pure Calvinism says our faith is not necessary, the atonement of Christ is limited, and the grace of God is irresistible. If this is true, then how could the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, be true? It says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, and have tasted the heavenly gift, and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. And this brings us back to the will and the salvation of God that is available for everyone if we choose to accept it. Remember, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says, Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. And it's interesting what John 3.16 says. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, think of it. Choose life that you may live. You see, God created us in his image. He has total free choice. Therefore, we do too. God took a great risk in creating us this way. However, in order for our worship, our love, and our service to be genuine toward him, it would have to be by choice. Otherwise, we would merely be marionettes with strings demanding our every step. No, God created us with the full ability of choice. If we choose not to accept him as our heavenly father and his son Jesus as our savior and deliverer, we have chosen to perish. And this is not God's will, but our own. We can choose death or life, heaven or hell. I think it would be good for us to read John chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. Listen to this. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, 
How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpents in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And our last verse, verse 18, He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Yes, it's true. We must be born again or we will not see the kingdom of God. The choice is ours. God does not send anyone to hell. On the contrary, he provided the way to heaven and gave us free choice for our destiny. My advice, choose life that you may live. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's read our foundation scripture again. Mark chapter 13, verse 22. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So the title of our series is Walking and Living in the End Times. The question we could ask is, why walk and live? Well, that's a fair question. Why would we want to walk and live in the end times? If everything is going to blow up, why even have a family? Well, remember Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19? It's telling us life and death has been set before us, and it directs us to choose life. Why? That we might live. But notice, there is something else we must not ignore. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose a life that both you and your descendants may live. What do I think that important something else is? It's that both you and your descendants may live. You see, if you choose life and share the word of God with your descendants, then they can live also. That's the greatest gift you could ever give them, eternal life in heaven with God. Not only can we walk and live now with the promise of eternal life to come, but so can our descendants. How do we do this? By bringing the word of God into our homes and teaching them how not to be deceived by false prophets and teachers. And that's where the fivefold ministry gifts, 
apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers come in to help keep our doctrine straight, just as it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, and he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Well, once again, our time is up. So tune in tomorrow, same time, same place, same channel, and we'll continue with our series called Walking and Living in the End Times. We'll see you then. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.